Welcome back to another episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson, and I'm so excited to share with all of you that you are listening to the 100th episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. On November 19th of 2020, Cam and I interviewed Nate Peterson for our first official episode. In a time that was filled with uncertainty, we knew that this project was one that we had to do. For years, we sat at the state track meet and saw legendary names flash across the screen and heard the stories of athletes and performances that would stand the test of time. It was our goal to bring those stories to life, to record all of them in one place, and to give North Dakota track and field athletes something that felt like their own. The podcast has changed a lot since then, and so have our lives. In the time since that first interview, Cam and Caitlin welcomed their first child, Noah, into the world. Cam was diagnosed with and beat cancer, and he's also rocked about four different hairstyles. I moved to Des Moines, got married to Kara, started physical therapy school, and have become very much dependent on coffee uh, throughout that time. I share all that because I hope that you take time to reflect how you've grown in the past three plus years as well. Whether it's a goal on the track that you've been pursuing, a personal milestone that you achieved, or a journey that you've been through and maybe that you're still on, take a look back and just see how far you've come. And if you're still on that path, keep going, keep pushing. That's what we plan to do, so we can't wait for the next 100 episodes. It's only appropriate that for such a milestone episode, we celebrate an incredible one here in North Dakota track and field. On February 9th, Sean Korsmo of Bismarck, now running for the University of Tulsa, broke four minutes in the mile at a meet in Chicago. Coming into the meet, he'd run 402 several weeks prior at Iowa State, making him the second fastest miler all time in North Dakota. He's now just the second North Dakota native to break four minutes in the mile, 27 years after Corey Immels became the first. This episode was a lot of fun to record, so we hope that you have just as much fun listening. Cheers to the 100th episode. Please enjoy the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rayo. And for weeks now, we've been trying to brainstorm and plan what our 100th episode was going to be. We talked about a whole variety of ideas and crazy things that we could do. But honestly, this fell into our lap because the craziest thing did happen. And that is Sean Corsmo broke four minutes in the mile, becoming just the second North Dakota athlete to do so. And so Sean's been a guest that we've wanted on the podcast for a really long time, and we're finally bringing it to fruition today. So Sean Korsmo, congratulations and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. I didn't, I didn't know that the, this was the hundredth episode. So uh, I'm, I'm honored that I'm, I can be a guest on the, on a big episode. I forgot it was the hundredth episode too. So thanks for having me on too, Ryan. Appreciate it. <laughs> you guys are welcome. You guys are welcome yeah. anytime. But no, seriously, like, has it set in yet that you broke four minutes? Um, yeah, it 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 took longer than it should have though. Um, you know, because uh, you guys were both uh pretty good. You know 
collegiate runners as well. And so, you know, when you're going for one of those PRs and, and you're kind of like on the, on the fence, you just turn. I, I feel like the first thing I always do is I just like turn and look at the, the, the jumbotron. And so they had like a big, um, big list with all the names on it. And so I had to sit there and I had to look at Brady Corsmo 359. And I was like, I was like, oh goodness. Um, so it was like a, it was like a, oh awesome. Like I was I was so pumped. And then I like looked at Brady Corsmo and it just took like a little bit out of me. I was like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do you ever it- get an explanation as to why why that happened? Like why were the names switched? Have they fixed it? Does Brady still have credit in his TFERS for sub four? No, no, uh, they fixed it now, <laughs> so uh, he doesn't get that much that much credit. But um, <laughs> yeah, so what I'm guessing is hap- What I'm guessing happened was so I wasn't originally in that heat. Um, so that was what do they call it? The miracle think, mile. I, yeah, I think you were like the something invitational or something invite mile. Yeah, but they had like a special um, name for it uh, because basically they're trying to get this meat to become like an elite meat. And so mm-hmm. we even had um, there was uh, Gilman who's running now for New Balance. He came out and raced there. So they're trying to get pros. They're trying to get like a really good section, which is what a lot of the college like the good college means have now. Um, and so I was originally just in the college invite um, up until like the day before, maybe. Um, and then Taylor ended up contacting, uh, Mick, who's the coach of, uh, university of Wisconsin because they put on the meet in Chicago. And so he got me bumped up like the day before into the fast heat. And so what I'm guessing was he just told them like, Hey, Corsmo's in this. And they just like scroll down the Tulsa roster and they go, Oh, Corsmo didn't even, you know, alphabetically he's above me. So this, this is just what I'm guessing. And they just grab him and they're like, yeah, put him in. Um, but I felt bad cause I was like, not bad, but it was, a, it was pretty funny. Cause one of the, I was talking to cool down with one of the Wisco boys afterwards. And he's like, he's like, what did you say your name was again? I was like, uh, I'm, sh- I'm Sean Corswell. And he's like, bro, like I looked you up and he's like, wow, how did you even get in this heat? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. What'd you see? And he was like, you're like a 414 miler. Like what happened? And I was like, I was like, ah, oh. so I kind of had to explain and, and we had a good laugh there. Dude, I was shook at first because initially, well, here's what it was. So your high school coach, Scott Reichenberg, um, just all he did was he commented the time on an old post of you when you ran 402 at Iowa State a couple weeks ago. So that's how I was clued in that you just done something spectacular. Yeah, it's like 359.96. So I immediately go to Tulsa's website, find the live results. And I'm looking and it's Brady Corsmo. And in my head, I'm just thinking Brady Corsmo just pulled like the slickest move in history, right? You miss your outdoor track season, your senior season, don't have a single entry on Tevers, and then you just show up to your first collegiate meet and you go sub four. And in my head, I'm thinking there's no way this is true. This has to be Sean. And so I'm, I'm doing all as much diving as I can, pulling up Tifers pages, pulling up Twitter, all sorts of stuff. And finally, I saw it from the lads of Tulsa that it was indeed you that did it. But I was I was shook for a long time. 
Yeah, uh, that was like the that was kind of the consensus. I mean, even one of our our really good friends that uh, me and Brady both ran in high school with for for four or five years, like he texted Brady and he's like, "No way, like, bro, how did you do this?" Like, <laughs> he's like, "Sean's gonna be so upset that you just like blew that right past him." <laughs> it's been, I mean, it's been great for our social media engagement because at least one person, you know, every time the two times or whatever that we've posted about it, at least one person comments like, wait, don't you mean Brady? Wait, was it Brady or Sean? Like, who was it? And it's just like, all right, helping, helping the algorithm, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't even think about it. Cause I'm like, like, I know that he's been injured. Like he actually opened up last weekend. Last weekend was his first. So the same, like the day after I raced was his first race um, in like, a year almost um but i was like yeah i guess i mean it is like an official website and usually you don't really see mistakes that big so i definitely see how everyone's like what just happened i mean there was like like there was a there was a coach that went up to one of our coaches and they were like oh man like did brady Corsmo really just break four minutes for the mile our coach was like um and then she was like just cut him off and she's like oh my gosh we're like i can't believe it like we just we missed we missed on him so bad we we so under recruited him <laughs> and then they just had it he just laughed and told her <laughs> that's oh. hilarious so tell me a little bit about the lead up to that weekend so you thought you were going to be in this other mile field and then you get bumped up to the big one did you think that this was going to the weekend it was going to happen like because 402 to four flat and dipping under that that's a big jump yeah um i honestly thought i i thought iowa state i had a really good shot um so that was kind of the goal for iowa state uh just because it was you know 300 flat track and we got one of the best milers in the nation pacing us with um isaac bastion pacing us i'm like this is a sick day for it um and so when I was like close there, it was definitely like, it was, it was never a doubt. Like I was around a mile at Chicago. Um, but it was just, the goal was definitely always, always sub four. Um, I w- would say the goal was actually probably sub 359.7. That was kind of like, that was definitely like what me and Taylor were both shooting for. Um, Cause it's, it's like a, it's a big deal, um, to Taylor as well. Um, like Taylor knows it and Taylor's like really excited for it. Um, and so coming in that week, that was definitely, um, the goal. We knew that even if I wasn't in the fast section, I'd be in the, in the first section of the college. And they said that they were pacing it sub four. So that was kind of like, it was kind of going to be like, this is really where we need to take a shot. And you just don't get a lot of shots indoor. Um, but, and then, so yeah, I worked out that week. Like I worked out on Tuesday, which would be normal for a Friday race instead of Saturday. So I was like banking my entire week on racing Friday instead of Saturday, <laughs> um, which smart, I don't know, worked out, but um, so yeah. Um, and then kind of leading up, it was just kind of like, okay, these guys in this heat are really good. I think it was, I think it got brought through 800 and 157 was the goal. And so obviously that's a bit hot for myself. 
Um, and so that was definitely in the video that you guys posted, uh, you can kind of see, I was just like straight at the back. I probably should have been a couple guys up realistically. Um, but yeah, so I, I went straight to the back and then it was just kind of like how close, like two flat and three flat can I come through in and then just like do the legs have it. So that was even, even before the race, that was always like, you think the strategy would have been the same in both heats kind of shoot for two flat or three flat through 800 and uh, 1200 and then just try and kick it home or if you were in the other heat do you think you would have approached it a little differently no it, it would have been very similar the different the difference was just that in the in the slower section I would have needed to be like at the front. I basically would have needed to be like right behind the pacer and maybe one guy back um, just in case, because sometimes pacers drop off and guys just don't follow. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, but it, the paces would have, the goal would have been to have the paces like be very similar um, in like two flat, three flat. Yeah. So for the, for the listeners, a little bit of kind of historical perspective, uh, when the first North Dakotan, Corey Amels, broke four in the mile, it was in the prelims of the NCAA championships. Uh, Ryan, do you remember? I, I was trying to remember what place he ended up getting in the final. But I, you know, I was trying to look up some stats earlier and I don't remember exactly what it was. I think, can't remember still, I think he was a first team All-American. Yeah, so top eight, but but basically like qualified for the NCAA meet without breaking four minutes, broke four minutes in the prelim, and then went on to be a first team All American. Now, you know, Sean, you break four, three fifty nine, nine or whatever it was, and you're what like seventieth, sixty sixth, or something like that in the nation. Is that? I mean, we talked maybe a couple episodes ago about. You know, some people think that the sub four minute mile, you know, barrier has diminished in its, you know, in its specialness or its uniqueness because so many people are doing it. I disagree with that. Um, being somebody who's actually done it, can you just uh, tell us like what it means to you? Uh, maybe as a high schooler, what did you think it would mean to you and how has that changed and what it means to you now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I it's it's funny because I was thinking about it when I actually did it, and um, you know, one time in middle school they had us like write down goals for for life, and that's I just put like sub four mile, and I was like, that was one of the things I wanted to do. So I was like, yeah, like this has been a this has been a, a long time that that I've wanted this. Um, yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to ignore the fact that I think. I think I was 66 when I ran that Boston was the next day. And I think at least like 20 new guys broke in. So I'm yeah. probably sitting like 85th in the ranking, probably behind like six true freshmen or something ridiculous like that. Um, uh, so it's kind of a bummer. Like when you think of it that way, um, but it's still, I mean, like you said, I don't think it really diminishes it all that much. It's just, it's the the middle is just so much the the NCAA is just so much deeper than it ever has been and a lot of that is like with COVID and all the extra years of eligibility they're giving out like 
um, the top end, obviously the top end is quicker now. Um, and like, but it's just the depth is crazy. And like, that's just what you're getting when you're getting like 25 year olds still in the NCAA for like their seventh year. Like there's yeah. just, so I think in like the next, over the next, like maybe two years, once, once some of them graduate, I think it'll thin a little bit. Um, but the standards are just higher, but no, um, like it definitely, it's, I think it's just such a massive like mark um, for running itself. Cause I, I feel like there's just not a lot of events that you can say, like tell somebody who doesn't know anything about running, like, Oh man, like I ran sub eight in the three K. Well, their first question is like, how far is 3000 meters? (laughs) Or like I broke 14 in the five K like there's just no barometer versus like you you break four in the mile they're like oh yeah i ran the mile in middle school i ran like eight minutes and like they know exactly how far a mile is and so and they're like oh man that's every lap in one minute like that's that's good so i'd say like in terms of just like everybody knowing about it that's i think that's one of the things that makes sub four so special yeah i it's kind of it's like the track nut people who are kind of saying that it it maybe doesn't matter anymore, but uh, or some of the track nuts because I mean we're we're tr- we're pretty nutty ourselves, but uh, uh, yeah, that's so that's so true. Like to the average person, right? Everybody, you know, is no like I remember in like ACT prep or like stuff like that, like standardized testing prep. There was always a practice question, and it was always a story about how Roger Bannister broke four minutes in the mile and so it's like if they're using his story for standardized testing in like public high schools like people know people know about his story and they know that you know everybody before he did it everybody thought that it was humanly impossible and that somebody people would die if you know you broke four so there's like it's kind of like i mean it's kind of like the marathon right people don't really care what time or really understand like what time you run a marathon in but if you've done one, they're like, oh, yeah, awesome. The marathon, you know, it, it's kind of weird that it's, uh, you know, if you're in a at a party or in a bar, you know, or where a social event and you say, oh, I run. Generally, the two questions you're going to get are, oh, OK, well, what's your mile time? Have you broken four in the mile? It's probably a question that they would ask you. And have you run a marathon yet? And, uh, you know, I'm sure for marathoners it's frustrating to get the one and for everybody else it's frustrating to get the other but uh yeah still still definitely definitely special and i mean man you see the the videos that uh, sorry i'm kind of rambling here but you see the videos that like exceedious mag or flow track posts when like you know guys like you break it for the first time and their teammates and like like i don't know just having like the concrete barrier and who cares what everybody else thinks, you know, it, maybe it's, you know, raking five for the first time or, you know, for the people who are racing and the teammates who train with them, like whatever that barrier is that you can break through for the first time. Uh, it's, it's special to share it with. I mean, we see it with pole vaulters all the time, you know, jump, jump a PR and then they just tackle them on the pit or, you know, whatever. But, uh, I don't know. I didn't have a, a point to that rant other than, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> can, I can't. We even. can tell that was a crazy rant. It started yeah. with standardized testing and ended with tackling people. Yeah. Save me, Ryan. <laughs> what do you got? 
did uh what was the post-race celebration like you said you were kind of in disbelief for a moment but the just the immediacy after it was it just kind of a blur do you remember it uh what happened in just those few moments after the race yeah um I ran straight over to Taylor, who was not as excited as I thought he would be. <laughs> it was like, uh, it was like, because the previous season, um, I blew up really bad in that exact same race, but I was in the college section. But one of my teammates broke four, and we went out in like sixty three or sixty four seconds. And he, it was like the stupidest way to to break four minutes, like it he needed to close and like the people back home were watching the splits and like, he needs to close in like 26 high or something, 27 low. And they're like, no way they did it. And they were like, Oh my gosh. Um, and so, and I watched that and I watched Taylor just like jumping out of his, out of his skin, like hugging. So, uh, I walk up to Taylor, I'm like, let's go, um, you know, give him a hug. And he's just looking at his phone. He's like, 359.9 he's like we're close <laughs> i was like because in his head too he's like we need that number one spot all time um for north dakota that's I, so i think that he was like a little bit more focused on that um but it was still i mean it was just like because uh, i was so close to not making it at all um I, like i came through in two to our 3.30 flat, like, I, I looked over at the clock, and I was like, oh, gosh, and I've been running 30 flats, like, this feels terrible, like, I don't know how I'm gonna do another one, let alone, like, I need, like, maybe a 29 high, um, and then it was, like, it just felt like the most, like, sheer will, like, type of moment I've ever had in running, um, I literally remember, like, on the back stretch, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not even going to make it to the finish line. Um, and I was like, okay, you've literally made it through probably three minutes and 45 seconds. Like you have 15 seconds to just like hurt. Um, but like, that's the most my legs have ever given out. Um, and then after the race, I was like, literally just on my knees. Like I was like, Jesus, thank you so much because that I can't believe that that just happened. Like it was just like a little bit disbelief, but I was just like, thank you Lord for that. That's awesome. So Sean, one thing that I was interested in as I was prepping for this episode was going back and looking at your high school times, because one thing I love is when you see what people ran in high school and then what they did collegiately. And then if they keep running post collegiately, just the progressions and how people get to sub four, like today, uh, Ben, Ben Allen, I think he runs for empire elite. He went yeah. to Concordia St. Paul. I don't know. Is he a Minnesota kid? I'll fact check you, Ryan. Okay. I don't, I, I don't even know, but went to Concordia St. Paul and has kept at it. And I think he posted, he went from being like a 440 miler or like 430 miler uh, initially in high school and then ran 350, like 352 or 353 this weekend. So I went back and looked yeah. at you and I was interested. What what did you run in uh, your fifth all time or your fourth all time tied for fourth? Uh, 412.16 is what you ran as a senior. And you were in that historic class of seniors, Brady Yoder and Ben Anto and some of those guys. But does it just feel real? Like when you look back, it, it's been a long time, but it hasn't been a long time. Like what what would you like what would 412 Sean Corsmo in high school uh be thinking right now if he was in this interview and 
talking to you right after you did this? Um, so to be honest, I did run 409, but that was for the full mile. That was like a month later. Um, I don't know. I, I just Mm-hmm. thought Where was that I'd at? throw that out there. It doesn't matter. That was in, um, uh, Eugene at, Okay. um, Oh, nice. Nike outdoors. Um, That, that definitely matters because yeah, that's okay. uh, <laughs> I was because like, four four oh nine. Do you remember what it was to the decimal? point zero zero Oh, four oh and nine that was flat. for that was for a that was for a full mile so Yeah. it was like reich converted it to for the bismarck high all-time list i think he converted it to about 407.5 Evan. or something Yeah, yeah. for So 16 they put you two all time. So you're four all time. They'd move you up a couple spots, but uh, yeah but you they, you they don't you digress. move you You digress. <laughs> um yeah no uh I mean, I'd certainly, I'm really glad you brought that up though. I'm glad it was the long-winded answer because I think that is so true. You go to the next step and you're, there's a lot of self-doubt that comes with it. What did you do to overcome that? Cause that's not just something you just shake off and you go, Oh, one thing. And I know you've had some injuries mixed in there. So what are some things that you've done to work on the, the mental side and the mental game a little bit? Yeah. Um, so that's been huge. And like, we have, 
we just got a new mental health specialist, like um, just for athletes at the university. Um, but there's like a lot of resources and stuff like that. But um, so a lot of it was kind of adjusting my expectations. And I think Daryl and Scott were really, really good um, at prepping me for that. Um, you know, they were they were almost pushing me to go division two rather than, and just say like, don't go division one. Um, and they were like, cause they were like, Hey, if you want to go division one, that's fine. Like that's, that's great. But you might never win another race again. And like, that's like, that is like terrifying to hear. <laughs> like, like, you know, you go from being one of the best, uh, to all of a sudden you finish a race 50th and you're like, Oh, that was, that was, that was a good day. Um, so it's just completely changing expectations. So I, I definitely say that I'd have to, I, I changed my, the expectations I had for myself in races, um, and kind of realigned my goals towards something that was almost more achievable rather than like, Oh, I'm just going to come into this race and I'm going to win, even though there's a guy that ran 355 in the heat. Like, um, and so it's kind of taking the small wins where you can get them, but then also, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a conversation that I had to have with myself as well. Um, and it was kind of like a, how bad do you want it moment? Uh, because when I got to college, uh, I classic, I came in like a classic high schooler that like, won quite a bit and so I just came in like oh man like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do well and then I just got my butt kicked for the first like five months I think <laughs> like yeah. like I'm sorry I'm, I'm talking for a really long time but keep going I, keep going <laughs> I got my butt kicked and especially in like workouts like I didn't even I raced once I took like in cross country took like a little over a hundredth place um, and then the rest of the time was literally just like, I mean, that team was fifth in the nation that year. So obviously yeah. I'm getting my butt kicked, but like I was getting my butt kicked by not even just, I was pretty much every single person on the team, at least once that, that cross country season dropped me in a workout. Like if I like stayed on for a full workout, I was like, Oh, it's a great day. I, I had such a good workout. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's like shocking, um, to even think like, I was at that moment for, for, for a second. Cause like for five months I was like, Oh my gosh, like I, I don't belong here. Like, this is just not where I should be. Like, I'm, I'm not good enough to race with these boys. Um, and then we kind of transitioned to track and that was my ball court a little bit more. Um, I got a little bit more speed. Um, and I did, I did get a bone thrown at me. Um, and I won my first, my first, college race i ran like 411 for the mile um and then it was kind of like things just started bouncing my way during that that spring and i started staying on for workouts um and then i opened up in the 3k and 815 um and taylor had me seated at like 825 so i was like oh uh, like i'm i'm kind of making it um and so for me it was like I just kind of had to stay with it and I had to have like a conversation with myself. Once I realized like all of the things that I needed to do to get as good as I wanted to be, 
it's like my, my perspective was completely flipped. Um, I mean, there's still things that I need to do more, uh, that I'm not doing now. But when I realized like, oh my gosh, I have to spend like almost double the amount of time outside of running as I am like actually running to get good at running. Uh, it, it was like, do, do I want to do this? Like, is this something that I want to do or should I go somewhere like it might not be so high pressure and I can kind of just like race myself into shape. And um, so I just think it's like a very, very serious conversation. But then once you realize like what you need to do, it's, you know, you're either in or you're out. Um, and I decided to be in uh, <laughs> and kind of was thrown in the fire for a couple of years. And, and I feel like I've clawed my way out a little bit. Um, but I would say that, that was the biggest thing for me to get through, like just a lot of disappointment the first season yeah. um, and then come out the other side. Yeah, that, that's so great. I mean, we talk, I think one of our goals, you know, Ryan, tell me if you disagree with me, but I'll speak on your behalf as well as mine right now. But uh, like one of our goals with the podcast is to, is to encourage and motivate, you know, high school or like younger athletes to show them what they can accomplish, but also provide a little bit of perspective about like what it takes uh, to compete at the next level. So one of the things we often say is like, find the school that like works for you. Like, don't, don't get caught up in like, it has to be D1 or it has to be, you know, this tier of school or anything. Um, but I think part of, part of what we're trying to say is what you said, like adjust your, adjust your expectations, right? If you have an opportunity to go to that big school, the big 10 school or, you know, or, you know, big conference or whatever, like, like do that. But we just want you to know that like, it's hard, you know, and, and maybe, you know, exactly what you said, like adjust your perspective. Like, I don't know when I was recruited, like when I was in that whole process, like there was so many, like, it was basically just like, I want to, I want to have a scholarship and I want to be at a good team, you know, but I wasn't thinking about like, okay, well, what is not winning going to look like? What is having to be eighth, the eighth best runner on my team look like in training, you know, like stuff like that, that you just like kind of take, take for granted, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, perspective can, can provide so uh, running is just so, so mental track and field is just so mental. And so your perspective can just change, you know, your mentality and training and, and in racing and stuff like that. It, it's kind of funny that you were saying like the first five months, you just got dropped every single workout for me, this is going to sound like a brag right away, but it's not for me. It was the complete opposite. I was like crushing like every single workout, like coach, coach Carlson would send out splits from like the different workout groups. And it was like, because he was trying to motivate some of like the older athletes who just like weren't in shape so far, but he would like rank us. He's like, Oh, this is the person who won the workout this day. This, you know, this is where everybody else. And I was like winning quote unquote, winning these like workouts. Like we did, like, I think my biggest one was like, I must've done like 10 or 12 by like 300 on a minute rest over hills on grass in like, I I don't even remember what I was running, but it was way too fast basically. 
it was it was the best it was my best race the whole season was that 300 it was like 300s or 600s or something like that and then i was racing i was just absolutely getting crushed in the races so i had this like uh i was making it look like i had it all together and then i would get thrown out and like i mean you said you got 177th at nutty comb man i would have loved to get 177th at the big uh, cross country i got second to last i'm pretty sure i got second to last at regionals that year and uh I mean, up top, like the top teams in the Midwest region, you know, Tulsa is one of them, uh, pretty good, but you know, it's not a very deep region. And so to get second to last in like one of the weaker regions in the nation was just like crushing. Uh, so if I had had a little bit of perspective, I think, uh, what was happening to me in races was one, I was burnt out cause I was going too hard in practice. Uh, but two, I would, you know, I would go out strong. I'll get passed by a bunch of people and I'd be like, wow, I suck. And then I would just like, I wouldn't be able to like overcome that somehow. And then that's how you end up getting second to last in, in the whole region. But, uh, I'd like to say my freshman year was the only year that I got that far back. But, uh, yeah, I think I got fifth to last my sophomore year at the, at the region meet too. But, uh, Hey, that's progress though. Yeah, we don't we don't have to talk about that. You, Funny, you're, gonna work, okay, my, you're gonna work on the mental game. You gotta celebrate the small victories. Yeah, I was not celebrating the small victories. Funny thing about this will be my last story, and then uh then Ryan, you can save us for the third time. This is not a strike <laughs> though. This is not a strike. I know where I'm going here. Uh and uh so we were it was at Kansas, University of Kansas regions was at University of Kansas, and Aaron Teshuk had just won the women's region so she was going to national she was a region champion <clears throat> got me fired up you know i was like let's go let's do this but i i was a little bit more mature so i was like okay i want to have a good race i'm not getting second to last this year i'll go out a little more controlled or whatever so we go out find some teammates next to some teammates and i'm right next to absa ali from the university of minnesota who in the future goes on to be the ncaa champ in the steeplechase and we're running next to each other. And I I can't remember if I said this out loud. I hope I said it in my head. But I said something like, man, I'm crushing this guy. Or like, this guy sucks. What is he doing running all the way back here with me? And then we come through the mile. And it was like five minutes or something like that. And I was like, oh, no. This is way too fast. I'm not in shape to run five flat for 10K on the grass. And yeah, then I proceeded to to die. So, but a little bit of mental perspective would have got me a long way <laughs> in my early years at cross country. That's, uh, that's all I'll say about that. Sean, I think of some of the athletes who we've talked about a lot on the podcast, like the the legends of the sport. And you go back, we talked about Corey Immels, you know, for a long time. He was, people are chasing his ghost. And then a few years pass, and then it's Andrew Carlson doing some crazy things. And then it's, you know, a few more years pass, and you got Jake Langang. And I want to know, if, who did you look up to, like, when you were getting into running, especially being in Bismarck? huge track and field running community as far as the state of North Dakota goes, who were some of the people that you looked up to and kind of tried to emulate through your training? Yeah. Uh, Jake was, Jake would have been the big one. Um, especially since his mom was my third grade teacher. Um, oh. like, yeah, no. So I was, I was a big, I was a big Jake fan. Um, 
And so he would have been one. And then uh, we're, we're family friends. Um, and he graduated like right before I would have got there. Um, but Sam Klausnitzer was winning a lot when I was like, yeah. Jake was like doing ridiculous things, but I was like nine when it happened. So I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't like, I feel like I almost couldn't put a perspective on it. Um, and then like when Sam was doing all that stuff, I was a little bit older and I was like, Oh shoot. Like, that's awesome. And so I'd say those two were probably the, the, the two big ones um, for guys that like I looked up to for sure. I would have to imagine like at biz high, like, is there like a, a book? Like, does your coach have a book? Like, is there like a long list that you can kind of look through and look through the history? Like you guys must celebrate the history and the tradition there quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, for Daryl, um, he just has it ingrained in his head. Um, like, <laughs> the amount of stories that he has, like, oh, man, in 1971, like, you wouldn't believe John's race. That, like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like um, but for Scott, um, and, and Scott was, Scott has a ridiculous memory as well um, for things like that. Um but yeah, so we have like the the record board was obviously like a big um, like the school records. Those were big for like where I wanted to be. And then I think Scott sent me a list of like they have a digital version of the top 10 for Bismarck High, um, none of which I got, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was like it was in the back of my mind. <laughs> definitely. So you and I talked a little bit about uh, before the episode started about Tulsa itself and you talking about the university. Uh, tell me a little bit about when into your decision, your senior season, because, you know, you had the great times. Who were some of the other schools you looked at and what made you decide on Tulsa? Because I honestly, I can't think of another North Dakota athlete that's ever run at Tulsa. Like, do you know of any that have made the jump there? Uh, no, I don't think there are any. You, well, uh, you guys are, you were one of one and now you're one of two with, with Brady there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my senior year, uh, I honestly, like, I was probably like moderately recruited, maybe even like low end recruitment, um, especially by bigger division one schools. Um, but then honestly, even like North Dakota, South Dakota schools, uh, I think maybe Minot, Grand Forks and uh, sorry, NDSU and UND both. I know I flipped those cities, but um, those were kind of like the only like North Dakota, South Dakota schools that even contacted me. Um, and then for big schools, like it was it was pretty options were kind of slim, especially since like COVID happened that year. And so that was the year they were just giving out eligibility like crazy. And so really, really good teams that had, you know, four All-Americans. Well, they're bringing all of them back. So they have zero scholarship openings. And so I got a lot of like responses that were either like, A, we don't have any scholarship or B, we don't even have any roster spots. (laughs) Um, And so um, my performance at, what was it called? nike meet of champions it was like a meet that they put on because they weren't hosting 
official um, like Nike Nationals. And so they put on like a um, just like a smaller meet. It was in Terre Haute, um, but there were still some really, really good guys there. So um, Judson Greer won it. If you know who that is, he went to UNC and then mm-hmm. Hobbs Kessler was second in that race who's now obviously running for Adidas. And then uh, I got beat by one of, and I beat one of the others, I think. I think I split them in the middle, the two youngest young brothers. Mm. Um, So it was like, yeah, it was like a loaded field. And I came 16th, I think, to get like third team All-American. So I got a couple hits from that. But then obviously like, most schools finished their recruiting in like December, January. And so I didn't have like a ton of options after that. Cause that was in at like end of November. And so, sorry, I'm taking a really long time to, to get Keep through going. this. this but, good stuff. Uh, when it came down to it, it was like my last few options were Tulsa, um, you marry, uh, because I really like, coach Newell. Um, I think he's an incredible coach. Um, and then Iona and Boise state, uh, and UND was still in the mix. Uh, I'm kind of struggling to remember, you know, what schools were kind of like in and out towards the end, but I think Mm -hmm. those were, those were five of the schools that I was really interested in. And then obviously Tulsa. And so Boise state was like, that would have been, that was like it was such a draw it was it was so hard not to go there because you got Immel's coaching and then two guys that were um that I probably I didn't even mention because I was mostly thinking Bismarck high guys but um that were like so cool to me because <clears throat> I was in eighth grade at this time were Hunter Lucas and um Leif yeah like and and that season so Leif went to Boise right off the bat and then because COVID hit, Minnesota shut down their track season that that year. So that they, they were like, oh, we're not going to have any track. So mm-hmm. now all the kids that were at Minnesota were like, oh, we need to find somewhere to transfer. Hunter Lucas transfers to Boise. So I'm like, two guys that I like watched and was like, oh my gosh, these guys are so good from the time I was like 13. And then they joined there. The best North Dakota, you know, runner ever is there. Wow. wow. And then I'm like, how do I not go there? I'm like, I, I was like, I, it was, it was so hard not to go there. Um, and then Iona was, was a draw just because they, I mean, they were a very, very similar position to Tulsa. Ultimately, like what made me come to Tulsa was the progression of runners. Like I didn't really see myself as like a blue chip recruit because I wasn't really until I got like on the track, I wouldn't have been seen as like a, like a high end recruit, I don't think. Um, and that wasn't even until the end of May um, that I ran good times. And so um, I kind of looked at Tulsa's roster and what I did was I looked through all these teams and I looked through the runners and I looked at like where they started when they entered the program and then where they finished and where they were at now. And three, like three of the guys, um, I'm pretty good friends with now um Isaac Pete and Scott they were all I think worse than me coming in and all three of them were 
Scott was an All-American his very last semester, so I had been here for two years. Yeah. But Isaac and Pete were cross-country All-Americans. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was better than these guys. Like, how did these guys get so good? And I was like, whatever that is, like, I, got, I, I want at it. So that was kind of the decision I was like, I'm good, but I know I'm not that good. Like, I want to get really, really good. Here's some guys that are, like, comparable to me, and now they're all Americans. Like, mm -hmm. so that was kind of the decision for me. And what do you think it is? Like, is it – because Tulsa does that every year where they take guys and turn out really, really good, and they're always in the mix and cross country. Like, is it coaching, culture, facilities, like a little bit of everything? Like, what, what do you think is the, the secret formula? Like – the, what's I'm trying to think of the SpongeBob ravioli ravioli give me the, the formulae like what 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 is it that that sets you guys apart yeah um so our facilities are not the best um if I had to guess we probably lose recruits based on our facilities actually we definitely do like well I actually I was like really chill with one of the recruits I hosted and I was talking to one of his buddies that did actually end up committing here but those two are buddies like in high school, they're still both in high school. And one of them said like, Oh yeah. Uh, So-and-so didn't come because like the facilities are just like, like wherever he picked has way better facilities. Mm -hmm. um, and so <laughs> we're working on it though. We're getting some new stuff. Just got our weight room redone. So let's go. Uh, but I mean, like realistically for runners, I just don't know. It's, it's tough not to get drawn into it. You don't need anything. If you have a good trainer, yeah. what are you looking for? Like, I don't need like a nice locker room that I unlock with my fingerprint. Like I don't spend like any time in there. I mostly just spend time in the training room and the track and we have a nice outdoor track. We don't need an indoor cause it's so warm. Um, and so to answer your question, uh, I would say it boils down to a mix of both culture and coaching. The culture here is just like, um, it's like a, prof I, like I see it as like professional group. It's kind of like we're runners and then we do some school on the side and like, but we're like we're runners. And so it's very much so like, a like an expectation of how you carry yourself outside of running. It's like, like, um, me and my roommate just like roll together at night. Sometimes like, we'll just like sit there and like do roll sessions for like 30 minutes and stuff like that. You know, if we go have a movie, like there's like two or three massage guns going at all times. Um, and so I think that's like where I realized like what it takes to become like good at running. It's just like, I'm spending way more time outside of running, trying to get good at running. Um, and then I think Taylor's, um, one of the best, if not the best coach, um, in the nation right now, especially over like the 5k, 10k is like, we've produced ridiculous 10k athletes over the last couple of years. Um, so I know Taylor Strand is, is very, very good. Um, and you know, you combine that with guys that want to work and get better and you know, you're in a, you're in a pretty good situation right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obviously seemed to work out, uh, you know, pretty well for you. I uh, put up some impressive times, you know, obviously the most recent one, the, the sub four minute mile. Uh, so as we kind of wrap up here, uh, two questions for you. One, just give us a little look to the, to the end of your season, uh, indoor season. What's uh, what are the next couple of weeks look like? Uh, you had 
great performance last year at the conference meet. Uh, I would assume looking to kind of replicate that, but uh, you're going to be putting the mile, what events? Anyway, I'll let you answer all that. And then the second question, uh, what uh, we want your prediction. What is the future of milers from North Dakota look like? Who's going to be the next one or two or three to break four in the mile? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got conference, not this weekend, but next weekend. And um, we'll see what I run. Um, you know, we're kind of up in the air. Uh, we got some legs to fill um, on some relays uh, that I could bid for. Uh, got the mile, got the eight. Um, so kind of up in the air um and the meet closes with the 3k so um <laughs> not to yeah. not to hold out but we do uh yeah i guess we're we're talking about it travel roster will get sent out maybe at the end of this week um and so we'll we'll kind of sort it out there but yes um what what sort of relays does your conference have because i know indoor i feel like indoors is the one you know track cross-country event that's different for every kind of conference like some do the 600 some don't so what what like events and relays does your conference offer yeah um i want to say we're pretty close to high school like other than like we have the 3k instead of the 32 and we offer the 5k um but then we have like multis we have you know 600 or 60 meter hurdles um but we don't do like the 600 or the thousand or anything um so Events are pretty, pretty straightforward, standard. and then we do the yeah. It's really standard. It's like what you would see at the at the state meet for the most part, and then um, uh, the four by four and the DMR are relays. Yeah. What uh, is it? I think because I'm not wrong, Ryan. Right, like the Big Twelve or like the Big Ten or some of those, they do like they have like the thousand and the six hundred, right? Yeah, there's a few conferences. I don't remember which ones do which, but like big conferences that you wouldn't think would do goofy events, like non-NCAA qualifying events, they do them anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so the second question then. Yeah, like, what 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 is the future? What's the future look like? Tell us. For the um, state. Do we have to I wait? Mean, a, do we have to wait another like 27 years to get another sub four miler? <laughs> Man, I hope not. Um, <laughs> I really hope not, uh, especially between uh, what those boys uh, over at NDSU are doing right now. Um, you know, they've had some some good opening performances for sure. Um, between uh, Ethan and, and your brother, um, like, I mean, those two are, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that entire freshman class at NDSU, I think, are, are going to do some cool things um and so definitely uh i hope it comes a little bit easier for them <laughs> um but it's just not an easy thing. it's never an easy thing um and so i i really hope like we just see a, a mosh of of sub four guys now dude now here's the next question what is it going to take for you to come back and run sub four on north dakota soil because no north dakota has ever done that before yeah, so I knew that one. This this has actually been I liked 
I liked your comp or um no, I think Landon um Yeah, okay. commented it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, he commented that and I, I immediately liked that comment because it's been like on my radar for like since my freshman year of of college. I was like, because I was like, I can't be the first to ever break four. I could be the first to ever break four on soil. And so that's been like a big thing for me. Um, yeah, I was thinking about, uh, is it the CDIC run me? Yeah. Yeah. Forks yeah. After the state me? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we get a pacer going. Uh, I was thinking can make the trip for that. Um, I got to see what the scheduling is between that and like, well, regionals and that. Right. Um, I hope to make a run at it during regionals, but, um, yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely something that I'd like to do. Okay. You guys, heard it. you heard it here first. You heard it here first. We will, <laughs> we will get an all-star meet set up. And I think we'd have a lot of guys that would want to step in and do it. Uh, if that, you know, the first sub four mile in North Dakota soil is a reality by a North Dakotan. So you just, you just tell us, you just tell us what day works for you. It, you know, we can do it whenever, wherever, you know, as long as it's in the state of North Dakota, we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. No, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. And to like, <laughs> it's just something like everybody wants, like, that's, that's what makes me really excited about this was like, um, oh my gosh, it was like, it was like emotional, the amount of like messages and stuff that I got. Um, I, I felt like I got a lot and I went on my mom's Facebook and I like tried, to, I was like, I don't, I thought I was doing pretty good on Instagram. I was like, I thought I have a pretty good following, but like, I just, the amount of support that she has on Facebook is, I will, I don't think I'll ever reach. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely love that. Um, and then we just got to pray that it's not windy that day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on the north dakota winds are are tough but um mm. but yeah no that's that's definitely something i'd be i'd be I'd, I'd love to do love to do and we 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 need it it's 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 good for the state and it's it, it's about time it's somebody's got to do it dude that i don't think we can end an episode any better than that so i think i think we're gonna do it right there so Sean, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come and hop on the podcast. Like, we were so excited when we saw it. I was, dude, my fingers couldn't move faster to get that posted to let the people know that uh, we didn't have to wait any longer. Uh, 27 years was enough and that you broke four. So, congratulations there. We wish you the best of luck for the upcoming season. And uh, we'll, we'll talk behind the scenes a little bit about how we're going to break four on North Dakota soil. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much for having me.